Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome back, everybody. So what's everybody talking about? What's, <laughs> what's on everybody's mind regarding, oh, I don't know, the news and the media and the hirings and firings of particular people? Is everybody talking about that? I have, a, I have to tell you, I have a take on this as you might expect, and I want to bring that to you here, but it's not going to be so much the, I would say, standard asking of why, why, why this is happening. We should know why this is happening. We, we should know this. So let me begin with this, and I'm going to reach, I'm going to conclude this beginning rant of mine here, sort of, it's not really a rant, I guess, I'm just discussing things, but I'm going to conclude it with a history lesson. As you might expect, it is American Education FM after all, and well, history is uh, is rife with moments like this, and it happens on a constant basis. The overall theme here, I think, that is worth understanding, whether you're talking about Tucker Carlson, Fox News, the media outlets, all these corporations, businesses, books, magazines, video games, uh, anything technology, pick one. If you don't play ball, even education, the field of education, and K-12 and university education, if you don't play ball, you're gone. That's the way it works. If you step outside of the, of the corporate lines or you don't mimic the corporate, oh, I don't know, jargon, that consistently is brought up on a on a constant basis. If you're not saying the same thing in your private life that you're also saying in your professional life. Again, when the cameras are turned on at Fox News and you see all those idiots saying the same things over and over again, if you say anything different when the cameras are turned off and you're being interviewed or talked to by or with someone else, you're gone. Me, frankly, I'm shocked that Tucker Carlson lasted that long. Now, I want to I revisit a particular subject which you've heard me bring up before regarding Tucker Carlson, and, and it's this. And I know that there's an audio clip making its way around where he was on a podcast recently, and he's talking about, hey, look, I've made a bunch of mistakes. I had no idea that the media was as bad as it was, and he's saying all of these things. And again, it, he could be right. He could be continuing to be red-pilled himself. but. He's been so close in this business his whole life, and he's even said that, that for him to not see this coming is a bit shocking. It's shocking to me that he wouldn't see that he, his days were numbered at Fox News, <clears throat> excuse me, and he probably knew that. He was probably well aware. Because if you look at the Fox News employees of, of, who, of, of who I should say is still there and the people who have always been there, it's an interesting list of names, and I'll get to that in a second. But I want to start off with, again, what Tucker Carlson said a long time ago, where he was still playing ball for Fox, and that was back in 2020. I've brought up this specific example before, but it deserves a quick revisit. You may recall that regarding Joe Biden and uh, plausible deniability and connections to Ukraine and so on and so forth, that he was talking with a guy with a last name Bobolinsky. He interviewed him, had him on once or twice, and you know it was right before the election, and, and people got a lot out of that. 
Of course, the election was stolen then by Fox News. It was stolen by Dominion. It was stolen by these companies, BlackRock. It was stolen by all of them. And they all let it take place because if you're in control of the prosecutors and you're in control of the law enforcement and the message, it doesn't matter if the message is wrong or not accurate. If you have enough people behind it, you can make it sound as accurate as you want for as long as you want. So they think. So they think. And so he had a conversation with Bob Alinsky, and that happened. And then, of course, he started to bring up the Hunter laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop. And that was consistently brought up until eventually, and it didn't take very long. Tucker Carlson said, I used to be friends with Hunter Biden. We used to be neighbors. He's had a drug problem. He, he may still have a drug problem. And he ultimately said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm not going to bring him up anymore because you just don't kick a man when he's down. And I'm not going to kick a man while he's down. A couple of corrections with that. First of all, Hunter Biden is not a man. I mean, he, he's a biological male, but he's not a man. He's a pedophile. And it's not that you kick a pedophile when they're down. You bury your boot in their brains when they're down. That's what you do with pedophiles. You destroy them. You see, Hunter Biden and his laptop have evidence on it. I, I would bet my right hand on it that there's footage of him having sex with minors on that laptop. And anybody with a thinking brain knows that that's true. We've seen pictures of him with minors in very precarious positions. Uh, yeah, he's a pedophile. You, you, don't, you don't give excuses to pedophiles. Now, was Tucker Carlson told to basically take that approach with Hunter Biden? Probably. Probably. Either way, Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News doesn't matter to me in the slightest. I could care less. I didn't watch his show. I would hardly watch a clip of his, but it was evident that he was an outlier in that machine because he wasn't playing ball the way that the rest of them were typically playing ball. Laura Ingram is a ball player. She plays the Fox News game. Sean Hannity. And this is really the list of people who have been there almost from the start. So let's go back to the very inception very quickly with Fox News and who is still there from the group that was there when they first began. And let's start with the morning hour show, Fox and Friends. You have Peter Ducey and Brian Kilmeade. Those two guys are corporate guys. They're actually brainless. They're mindless. That's why they are still there. Now, I don't mean this across all professions. That's impossible. Of course, I'm not talking about small business. I'm not talking about family-owned businesses. That's not what I'm discussing. I'm talking about the propaganda machine that is the media, education, and a lot of these professions. If you're still in it today, after that long, knowing what has gone on within your profession, the criticism, all of it, the lies, the deception, the propaganda, you name it, if you're still in it, you lack a serious, I would say, mechanism of character that, that keeps you 
in that position, knowing all of those previous things that I just mentioned, all of the deception, if you're still there, you flat out lack a particular chromosome in your body. There's something wrong with you. So in the morning hour, again, you have Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade. The female host has always switched out. The first one was a, a gal by the name of Edie Hill. Some of you may remember Edie. And then there was, good Lord, um, I want to say Gretchen Carlson after her, if I'm not mistaken. And then after her was Elizabeth Hasselbeck, and now it's Ainsley Earhart. All blondes, not an accident. They got to keep the image the same because they know that it's programming. That their viewers are going to consistently watch the same shows. As long as we throw a blonde in the middle, everybody will still think that it's Edie Hill or it's Gretchen Carlson or whatever. Everybody who leaves the machine, though, wakes up. They wake up to the machine, they wake up to what they were a part of, and it disgusts them. In fact, there's not enough showers that they can take to cleanse themselves. That's the machine. Now, if you go into the afternoon hours, there's nobody there that's been there from the start. No one. Maybe, maybe Neil Cavuto. But I don't think Neil Cavuto was there when, when, when Fox News began. Now you're into the evening hours. Who in the evening hours is still there and has been there from the start? Sean Hannity. With his CIA pin, lapel pin, and FBI lapel pin. Everybody around him is either dead and gone. They're all gone. So you're down to Steve Ducey, Brian Kilmeade, and Sean Hannity. That's Fox News. That's it. Again, if anybody's watching cable news, you're, you're, you're out to lunch. You, you've just lost the plot. You're not on the correct dimension. If you're listening to those three people who have been at Fox News since the start, you're really out to lunch. And, and what the firing of Tucker Carlson has done is wake up more people. And there's a, larger, there's a larger point that has to be made here. It's both a biblical point, because I'm certain it's in the Bible, again, not a scholar on, on the Bible, but it has to be there. The shift that is happening with the awakening that's going on and consistently occurring on a day-in and day-out basis, this is a big shift. What it's done is, in my humble opinion, is it's exposed not just Fox News. It's exposed the powers that be and the people who control the media. Now, we know who that is. They happen to be, by and large, Jewish. Many of them, of course, worship Satan. I mean, these people are deceivers right down to their, right down to their bones. That's, that's the real problem here. So it's biblical from that standpoint because that pattern is a pattern that has occurred time and time again throughout history. And it's still happening. Here's the fun part. And here's the flip side of that biblical coin. While that might be Satan's move to deceive and misdirect 
and control particular things or have the perception of control, God has a completely different plan, and his plan always works. It always works. Satan always thinks he has the best cards in his hand, and God has the best cards in his hand every single time. So with all the hand rubbing that's occurring right now, and it's occurring at such a uh, such a feverish rate that it could probably start a forest fire. All of the quote-unquote powers that be, so they think, they think that they've won and are winning by continuing to restructure Fox News and the narrative on television to all be the same. Making CNN, MSNBC, Fox News all generally the same. Because Tucker Carlson was a Trump supporter. Sean Hannity, Brian Kilmeade, and Steve Ducey are not. They're not. These individuals have gone nose-to-nose and toe-to-toe with, with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has, has criticized all of them. But if you get Sean Hannity around Donald Trump, he'll lick Donald Trump's boots. And many of them will, but Brian Kilmeade in particular, if anybody's watched his, his weasel, I don't know, he's such a weakling. But if anybody's paid attention to him before, he'll, he'll attempt to challenge Donald Trump, and he looks like a fool every single time he does it. Every single time. He loses every time. He always steps up to the plate and, and swings for the fences against Donald Trump, and he loses constantly. So that's always been a beautiful thing to pay attention to, certainly in the past. Uh, even when Donald Trump was running for president the first time. That was hilarious. But that right there gives them away. They think that they're controlling the message, but they're not. They're making their own foundation that they stand on even worse. This is what the media controllers, again, many of them are Jewish, that just happens to be a fact, but that's what many of them, regardless of, their, of whether they're Jewish or not, that's what many of them, again, believe when a move like this gets made, when they are pulling the strings and influencing people and bribing people, coercing people, uh, applying media pressure or social pressure or whatever it is to get particular people fired. They think that they've won when the person gets fired. What they don't know is that every single time, and I mean Every single time, they're shining a light on themselves and their own degenerate, satanic, unprofessional, whatever you want to call it, actions. They do it every single time. They never learn. Why don't they learn? Because control of everything is all they want. They want control of everything. What they don't know is, is they, they don't have it yet. They're not getting it, and they're never going to get it. They just keep going up against the biggest pitchers, and they keep swinging for the fences, and they keep striking out. Again, they get a hit from time to time, so they think, but much like the game of baseball, if you get on first base and you don't cross home plate, it doesn't matter. Being stranded on base doesn't matter because there you are with your hands in your pockets, stranded on base. Everybody can see you. You haven't crossed home plate to get your run. 
You're not back in the dugout taking a breather. You're on base, and you never did the one thing you were supposed to do really, which is cross home plate. These media controllers and these satanic individuals and groups and, again, companies, conglomerates, whatever you want to call them, they won't win. They never win. Now, there's a lot. Now, with all that said, there's a lot of rumors I know about, well, what's going to happen in the future? And where's Tucker going to go? And what does this mean? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't really matter. Because the message, I think that, and this is, you know, it's my show, but the, the message that I think is important here is that it's exposing the enemy with every move they make. Let's just go back a couple of months. You had Chuck Schumer calling for Rupert Murdoch to fire Tucker Carlson. You had a Jewish congressman out of New York who is as corrupt, pedophilic looking, and satanic looking as you could possibly be. He's disgusting. I mean, look at his face. He's disgusting. If you, if you, and look at his wife, who looks like a man, for God's sakes. Ever seen Chuck Schumer's wife? Alleged wife? It looks like a dude. Probably is. Um, you, I mean, again, a congressman calling for the firing of, of a news anchor because they were questioning the 2020 election along with copious amounts of other things. The Hunter Biden laptop, all of this. And yet, they say that they don't have influence in the media. And yet they threaten everybody in the media, or they threaten anybody who goes against the mainstream narrative. Now, regarding the, again, to get back to the, to the Tucker move, I know I'm, you know, bouncing around here a little bit, my apologies, but there's a lot of theorizing going on about what this means again, regarding Fox and these other companies. What's What's the long-term projection here? And let's think about the 2024 presidential race. I'm not even going to call it an election because we already have Democrats saying that they're not going to hold a single debate, not one. I want everybody to wrap your head around that because that's a big deal. It's the Arizona 2020 election or run-up to the election playbook, the same thing. It's the same criminal playbook. We don't have to have a debate because all we have to do is make videos about what it is that we're going to do. The media will pump it out anyway. And then we'll go and we'll quote unquote vote or vote harder. And then if the media just says that Joe Biden won, then well, Joe Biden wins. So they think. So let me ask everybody this question What if? That's exactly what happens the next time. What if in 2024, we go to bed and Joe Biden, quote unquote, wins again? Then what? Is it going to get to that stage? Are we supposed to see that again in order to drive people even crazier than they did the last time? Is it to expose the people like Fox News just to see what the reaction would be among Fox News? You heard me say on this show a long time ago 
that they probably want, and by they, I mean all the individuals controlling all of this, the, the black hats, deep state, whatever you want to call them, that they all would love to have Trump lose in the primary because that way he wouldn't be running for president. So they might steal it in the primary. But of course, who's going to run against him? You've got DeSantis out there saying he's not a candidate. That he claims he's not he's not a candidate yet, but when that decision gets made, I'll make it. I mean, who really cares? Again, it, it doesn't really matter. The the point is is that the long term plan of getting Tucker Carlson out is to restructure the landscape so they think in an effort to do whatever they have to do to make sure that Trump does not get in office. And if that just means straight up stealing it again. And having Fox News gaslight everybody into believing that Arizona is the first state that gets called. And, well, because Arizona did, and, well, that's never happened before, but that means this is unprecedented. And you're living through history and all that gaslighting when, in fact, it's just lying. It's just constant lying. That's what the, that's probably what they're going to pull. Something like that. They may, I mean, they're going to try it. Whether they get away with it or not, I think the good guys have something else planned. I mean, we certainly do. Us Americans aren't going to stand for it again. We didn't stand for it with 20, excuse me, 2020. I mean, we didn't like any of that. But we kept learning and we kept opening up people's eyes and we kept trying to do whatever we could to wake people up and so on and so forth. But even so, it should prove to us that we're really not in control when it comes to grabbing a Chuck Schumer by the back of the neck and throwing him in jail. I mean, we can't do that, really. And, and we certainly can't get away with it. People would stop us. And if we said, well, our government is tyrannical, Second Amendment to the Constitution, we have the right to kill these people, we would get arrested. We, we all know that. It's unfortunate, but that's true. But with all of that said, there's... There, the media itself is setting themselves up for another steal. It could be even a DeSantis steal. Anything or anyone but Trump is, is their motive here. And they got to get everybody on board, which means anybody playing the game, anybody towing the line, anybody saying the lines that need to be said on the teleprompter and working for the machine, they are your enemy. They are not your friend. And I want to say this too. I'm going to make another dig on individuals who criticize the Q posts and make fun of that. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm going to keep bringing these people up because they couldn't be more wrong and on the wrong side of history. You have the Dr. Dave Jandas of the world and you have the Stu Peterses of the world. These individuals, again, will criticize the trust the plan line. And they'll criticize, you know, all those Q posts and, and all of that, having not read hardly any of them. And it's beyond evident that they didn't. And it's beyond evident that they didn't learn from any of it. But they cherry pick a few messages and they think that that encompasses the entire thing. Ladies and gentlemen, in countless Q posts, we were told that we are the news now. Now, what does that mean? 
we are the news. We are the news because we have control of social media by and large. We have control of the message. They're the ones that built the playground. We're the ones that play on it. The liberals don't play well on the playground, do they? Metaphorically, with social media. They don't know how to. That's just, Again, you've heard me say this. It's just like memeing. They don't know how to meme. I make memes all the time. It's super easy. It's super easy when you have the facts on your side, you know what those facts are, you're knowledgeable, and you have a sense of humor. You can accomplish those individually or collectively all in one message, one tight-knit, perfectly-wrapped message of a meme, and then toss it out there on social media. Get a few clicks, get a few comments, wake a few people up, no problem. It's leaflets. We're, We're dropping leaflets. Were the German army dropping leaflets on the British saying, look, we don't want to go to war. We don't want to kill anybody. Your own government is trying to get you to think that we're the bad guy. We aren't the bad guys. And we've been waking people up this entire time. So when Q says we are the news, in all those old posts, be careful, you are the news now. That doesn't mean sit on your ass and do nothing. That's never what that meant. It meant, yeah, we are the news, so let's get after it. And we did. Look how many podcasts exist now. Look how many radio shows like this. I consider this a radio show. I know it doesn't take callers, but I consider this a radio show. Listen to what people are doing. Look at what people are doing. There are more shows out there leaning toward as far much truth as we possibly can have than what you see in the proverbial middle or certainly on the left. Now, that doesn't mean that the controllers of of media still aren't suppressing shows like this or endless other shows that are telling the truth. They certainly are. I mean, if you get on Apple Podcasts right now and it shows the top podcasts, all of them are shit. They're all shit. All of those podcasts are complete and utter garbage. All of a sudden, somebody new pops up, and all of a sudden, that's the number one podcast. That's not an accident. They're taking those podcasts, and they're throwing them at the top, not because they're good, but because it shuffles others down, and it shadow bans others and keeps others away. The enemy's still playing the game, is my point, but we are winning. And we've always been winning for a very long time. I would say in 2015, that was really the year when when we really started to win. There were more alternative outlets back then, and we just kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And the Q movement and those Q drops galvanized endless people and mobilized endless people, including children. Including young children within awake families to start saying, where we go one, we go all, and what that really means, and, and moving people toward starting to recognize patterns and investigate and make learning a daily thing and a daily mission. That's immensely important. None of that means sitting on your ass, which means anybody who says that is a fool. 
They're a fool, and we lie loudest when we lie to ourselves, and they're lying to themselves when they say that. You can't read those Q posts and not get galvanized. You can't watch Fox News destroy the host of their most popular show and have that not galvanize you as to, as to figuring out who the real enemy is. Not to mention, when and how people wake up is not really up to us, is it? That's between God and the individual. It's not up to us. We have strategies, we have techniques, we have methods, we have philosophies, and we, and, we, and we play all of those as much as we can, but it's not really ultimately up to us. Let me give you one example. There was a post on greatawakening.win where a person said this. They said, my grandma is now red-pilled. Not to mention, this proves that we can't pick the age with which we wake up. But they said, my grandma is now red-pilled. They loved watching Tucker, but they would also watch Hannity and loved Hannity. And then Tucker got fired. And she turns on Tucker, and it's Brian Kilmeade filling in for Tucker. And she was disgusted with that. And then she turns on Hannity, and Hannity doesn't say a single thing about Tucker getting fired. Now, what the grandma doesn't understand is, is that when somebody gets cut loose from the machine, a memo goes out to everybody, and it says, don't talk about that person we just got rid of. The same thing happens in American K-12 education. When someone gets fired, an email goes out to all the employees and it says, don't talk to the students about so-and-so. It's no different at Fox News, same thing, because this is how the machine operates. All the way from the skyscrapers that run gas and oil companies right down to a, 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 you know, a small K-12 school district. Same, same exact corporate approach. But that red-pilled that grandma. Because that grandma was disgusted that Sean Hannity, one of her favorite hosts, and probably has been since the mid to late 90s when Fox News first showed up, basically, that he wouldn't bring up Tucker being fired. Even though Tucker's show was immensely more popular than Sean Hannity's. And if you were looking at a line graph in real time, from the time where it would turn from Oh, I don't know, 8.59 Eastern Standard Time PM, when Tucker's show would end and Hannity's would begin, the viewership would drop down significantly because people don't like Sean Hannity, because Sean Hannity's controlled. I'm not controlled. Jesse James isn't controlled. These shows that exist, that, that are out there, are not controlled. That's important, and people need to understand that. We are cut from a different cloth. Some of us have been through the ringer and fought government in our personal lives. Some of us haven't. Some of us just don't like liars. And that's usually good enough. Do you like being deceived on a constant basis? Do you like being lied to? Then why do you keep going back to the same thing that's been deceiving you and lying to you this entire time? So Tucker Carlson leaving isn't a bad thing. It's a very good thing. It's a good thing because it just wakes up more people. The hand rubbers behind the scenes think it's great. 
but they are losing and they don't even know it, just like Satan, just like the devil. The devil is losing constantly, but he has no idea. That's the best part. So, yeah, to the normie, so to speak, it can get tough to watch and be a little bit confusing, but hey, we are the news. We've been the ones pushing out the message on a constant basis. Even the Gateway Pundit isn't the news. We are. I say things on this show. I see things on social media. I notice things on different platforms. And then a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks later, Gateway Pundit will put it at, his, at, put it at the top of its lead stories. I'm saying, wait a minute. This is weeks old. It's weeks old. So even they are controlled to some extent. And people need to pay attention to that too. But here's the history lesson. Again, this is going to make some people uncomfortable. I fully understand. But it's history and it matters. And as we know, history is filled, unfortunately, with a lot of lies. And to the victors go the spoils. And one of those spoils, unfortunately, so they think, is their ability to lie about endless things and then manipulate individuals into believing who the victors were and, and, and who the uh, losers were. So it's, I mean, again, anybody who's done the dives into World War II knows that we were deceived. We were lied to. Germany was not the problem. It was the Soviet Union. They were the problem. And our government was the problem and the British government and so on and so forth. The secret societies were the problem. The bankers were the problem. Those who happened to be Jewish and those happened to control those entities, including the media, they happened to be the problem. I want to read the final paragraph of one of the last, if not the last, articles that Joseph Goebbels wrote. Now again, Joseph Goebbels is painted as the propagandist for Adolf Hitler. Well, he was the propagandist. He, he was the one in charge of lying and, uh, and shaping the narrative to see how many people would support them and, and brainwashing people. That's what, that's what the fake historians would lead you to believe. Not so. But I'll let you decide. In fact, here's what I'll do. I'll tell you the title of this article, and then you can look it up. You can look it up yourself, and you can give it a read, and you can decide for yourself. The title of the article is The Creators of the World's Misfortunes, again by Joseph Goebbels, and it was dated the 21st of January, 1945. It's about 10 paragraphs long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Not that I couldn't. I certainly could. I just have other things to get to. But I want to read the last paragraph, and I want you to ask yourself, is this happening now, and does it fit with what I said earlier regarding how we're really winning and the enemy is really exposing themselves, regardless of who they are or where they sit? With every move that the devil makes and the enemy makes, they think they're deceiving, but they're always waking people up with every move they make. So here's what he said, quote, It will not cease before it has reached its goal. The truth cannot be stopped by lies or force. It will get through. 
the Jews will meet their canny at the end of this war. And what he means by canny, because I had to look that up, is an ancient town in southeast Italy where Hannibal defeated the Romans in 216 BC. He continues, he says, quote, Not Europe, but rather they will lose. They may laugh at this prophecy today, but they have laughed so often in the past and almost as often as they stopped laughing sooner or later. Not only do we know precisely what we want, we also know precisely what we do not want. The deceived nations of the earth may still lack the knowledge they need, but we will bring it to them. How will the Jews stop that in the long run? They believe their power rests on sure foundations, but it stands on feet of clay. One hard blow and it will collapse, burying the creators of the misfortunes of the world in its ruins. Unquote. Is that relevant today? Does that sound like the collapse of the news apparatus? And Fox News in particular? Look what they've done. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like I said, they swing for the fences. They keep striking out. And all they're doing, like Bugs Bunny in the cartoon, is spinning themselves further and further down into the ground, and they have no idea. Because this is how they operate. This is all they know. There's one last important message, too, and it's always this. Anytime a move like that gets made, in particular in war, always pay attention to who celebrates it. Who celebrates it and, and applauds it at the standard face value in an effort to try to manipulate, gaslight, and propagandize the masses? The ADL is out there full bore. And look what they're doing. Jonathan Greenblatt, who is a monster of a human being. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's not even a human being. He's a monster. He's an absolute propagandist monster. He even openly admits that he works with, and the ADL work with, social media companies, not Gab, thank God, and hopefully not Bitchute nor Rumble, although who's to say, but he's openly out there applauding the fact that Tucker Carlson lost his job. That he's been anti-Semitic this whole time, and uh, he's spouted mistruths and hoaxes and blah, blah, blah. And he's dancing on what he perceives to be Tucker Carlson's grave. He's wrong. He's dancing on quicksand, because that's what happens with the enemy every single time they think they make an inroad, is they end up losing ground. And they just lost a whole lot of ground, but they're not paying attention to that. This is why, again, the outlets like Newsmax are terrible. They're terrible. They're gatekeepers. You start bringing up particular subjects, the ADL knocks on the door of Newsmax and says, uh-uh, boys, you're not allowed to do that. Same thing with Breitbart, probably the same thing with Gateway Pundit, a, a number of outlets. They all communicate with, with a number of outlets because, again, look who those outlets don't criticize. Are they really criticizing the enemy as frequently as they could? No. Why? Because they're controlled. It's the outliers in society that are 
the individuals who have really strong messages and really important things to say, I think. I'm excluding myself from that, but I'm saying like there are, there are endless platforms, and I'm shocked at this point that anybody even watches cable news. I'm just shocked. It blows me away. So there you go. That rant lasted about 40 minutes. Again, not a rant really, but there you have it. History matters, ladies and gentlemen. The enemy is losing. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. They think they're always making inroads, and I assure you they are not. They're losing. They're losing the message. They're losing all the narratives, and they're looking like asses in the entire process. And anybody, as I said earlier, who's going along with it, because of, you know, my paycheck and I got a mortgage and my money. Anybody who's doing that is a part of the problem. They're a part of the problem. So there you go. Okay. Moving on. Education-related things, I have just a couple of things here. First of all, I wanted to start with this comment. And I know that, I know that people know this because I've said it I've said it before lots of times, but I know that all of the discussion that I have here regarding the importance of homeschooling, that clearly there are, again, outliers where individuals cannot homeschool for a variety of reasons, very valid reasons and healthy reasons. I fully understand that. That certainly happens. And I'm not, you know, when I'm consistently bringing up homeschooling and individuals listen to this show, again, I don't want anybody to think that I know everybody's circumstance because I, I certainly don't. And I had an excellent listener of the show, and thank you for listening, by the way. They know who they are, but they reached out to me and they said, they reached out to me on Gab and they said, our son attends uh, public school and can't homeschool and and doesn't want to uh, because there are health problems related to their mother who is at home and the husband and father is taking care of the mother. I fully understand that, without a doubt. I've also heard, again, a number of individuals, I'll even reference Vanessa Hurst here. You know, she sends her children to, um, well, one of her children attends a public school, a public high school. And her younger children attend a private school, where, as you would imagine, it's more rigorous, and uh, and her children are learning how to read and write and catching up and and doing all of that, and excelling, which is great, and excelling way more than they were in the public apparatus. She openly said, of course, that while her older son could homeschool himself, he doesn't want to, and uh, and and is used to the routine of of the public school environment. I assume that that's still the case. And again, that's an individual case, and all those individual cases are for those individual families. I'm not one of these people who's like, I don't know, going to paint with a wide brush and call everybody an idiot and say, I don't care what your circumstance is, you should homeschool no matter what. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not involved in everybody's family. I don't know what everybody is doing. There's no way that I possibly would. The overarching important part, I think, beyond homeschooling, if you can do it, is the communication piece. 
Because one of the things that I know for a fact is those families that I just referenced earlier, I know that they communicate with their children about what is really going on. And I'm certain, and I know it for a fact, that those children in those families I just referenced are wide awake. They know what's going on in the world. They see it for what it is. That right there is more important. That if you're going to attend a college, if you're going to attend a university, if you're going to attend one of these indoctrination centers, K through 12, whatever, if you lose communication with your child about the abuses, the atrocities, and the illegality, and the perversion, and degeneracy, and all of it, if you lose it with them, and you're not consistently talking with them about it, asking them questions and then getting their feedback and then letting that feedback fuel the next conversation you start with them, then you're going to lose your child. But those parents aren't going to lose their children because their children are wide awake because of the communication piece. You have to communicate. And, I'm, and I know that they are. I know that they are. Even though they're not homeschooling, they're wide awake and they're communicating. Because we've heard of all those stories where Billy and Sally go off to college. They're well-dressed, they're well-manicured, they're, they're well-kempt, all of that. Very bright, intelligent, polite. And then they come back from college and they look disheveled, they're unhealthy, they're rude, they're short, they're brainwashed, they believe things that aren't real, so on and so forth. That's where it gets messy. Now, why does that happen? Again, a lot of people would say, well, you sent them off to college. Yes and no. It's a communication thing. It's a, it's a talking with, with your children thing. Because now, unfortunately, we live in a culture where parents who are mentally ill, and it's been proven to be the case, that 19, I think it was 1994, 1994 peer-reviewed paper was bouncing around the internet the other day that proved, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that parents who wanted to mutilate their children and engage in any kind of gender transforming, that they themselves as parents are mentally ill. Does this shock any of us? No, it doesn't. But the parents that fail to communicate with their children are the parents who fail to have a grasp of the real world that we live in. Because if they don't have a firm grasp of the world we live in, they can't communicate the truth with their children. In fact, they'd be less likely to communicate at all. Because they, as parents, think they have it all figured out. And when parents who think they have it all figured out reproduce, of course, and produce children, well, then they think that their children have it all figured out by default. Because they would say something like, well, they grew up in this family and we're level-headed and we have it figured out, so by default, they'll have it figured out. They couldn't be more wrong. So the communication won't be as frequent because as you know, and you're a smart group, there's no way that you learn what you're learning about the world we live in and the fake past that we've had in the past and the history and the lies and the deception and, and the satanic nature of everything and not communicate that. Again, it goes back to me taking digs at individuals criticizing the Q posts. It's the same thing. You don't learn things like that. And keep your mouth shut. You can't. It's impossible.
It's impossible. I tried for a while. I was using books as my outlet to, to communicate with people as much as I could. And then I went, I got I to gotta do a podcast. I used to criticize it. I used to say everybody and their dead grandmother has a podcast. What difference is mine going to make? And then I came to my senses and I went, wait a minute. I have to do this now. This is the galvanizing that, that, it's, you know, that is taking place. I would argue, again, that there's, and I think you would agree with me, that there's more communication happening among parents and their children today than probably ever before. In particular, simply because there are more awake people today than ever before. And that's important. And that's a big deal. So I just wanted to get out there and say it. I know that everybody has different circumstances. My beef always has to do with consistently learning and communicating. I could care less where that takes place. That's, compl- that's not my decision to make. That's, that's up to you. That's up to everybody. So God bless each and every one of you for doing what you do with your families. Keep the communication going. Keep the red pilling going. Because as we know, once you're red-pilled and once you're awake, you, you're always searching for more. And if you're going to particular environments and it's not existing there, well, that's a lesson in itself, isn't it? Because you're learning that those environments aren't productive, that they're not helping anybody. So there you go. Just wanted to bring that up. Okay. On to the next thing. Jesse James sent this my way from the Dangerous Info podcast, and this is worth mentioning yet again, because this is something that, uh, that I've brought up in the past that uh, is occurring now. The Oxford High School, where Ethan Crumbly shot four people and killed them. I believe this is the high school anyway. Um, it's certainly within the district, and it's going to be attached to the district and affiliated with the district. And if uh, again, I'm I'm bouncing through this here kind of quick, but I think that it's going to be attached to the high school, to Oxford High School, if memory serves. If I'm wrong on that, my apologies. But they claim in this presentation here, which apparently is going to get voted on on Tuesday evening during their school board meeting. For this Honor Community Health Oxford Community Schools Partnership is what they're calling it, the Honor Community Health Clinic. In essence, they're going to be attaching a health clinic to the Oxford High School. Kind of a broad summary there, but but that's about it. Um, They're claiming in this presentation again that in October of 2021 is when they started this initial honor community health discussion thing. So that's that's the rollout of it. Now again, what happened in October of 2021? Well, that was about a month, they claim, before Ethan Crumbly shot four people and killed them. And then they ramped up that discussion through grants that with all that money they were receiving in donations in November and December of 2021. Then they found a location, it says, in July of 2022. Then in August of 2022, they moved forward with student services framework as to how they're going to help students and what they're going to do. And a variety of other things. I have serious suspicions about this. I always have. You heard me mention again that 
again, it's I would say it goes even beyond shot related and jab related. This is this is the integration of the medical apparatus directly involved with the education apparatus. They're two hand. I mean, they're two separate fingers on the same hand, and the whole hand is covered with gangrene. So, having these health clinics this close to the education environment is not an accident. Number one, it's a giant intentional number two, if that's also not number one. But they want a ubiquitous nature and culture across their entire community, ladies and gentlemen, as much as they possibly can. Because they want to create as many mentally ill students as they possibly can so that that money finds its way back into the school environment. They don't, they don't not only want a brainwashed child from cradle to grave, they want a child who believes that they are ill in some way from cradle to grave. And if you can put a hospital or a clinic close to a school, in particular, if they're right down the hall from one another, then you're going to have a serious problem on your hands because you're going to have a clinic pushing all of its messages through the emails that they receive and everything else onto the school teachers and then ultimately the children within that environment and the students within that environment. So, yeah, it says this it says that the mental health committee that helps ask questions and whatever else. Again, it's one of those committees that is made up of, uh, you know, some of the most brainwashed individuals who think that the healthcare system is the cat's pajamas. Uh, But they're, they're claiming here that it's made up of parents, students, and staff members, and that they'll all get together and have conversations about what they think is important and blah, blah, blah. Here's some of the topics that have, uh, that they've discussed. And it's just basically a giant list. Primary care services, patient-parent consent, insured and uninsured services. The clinic is not for profit, so they say. Comprehensive sports physicals. Chronic care management includes asthma, diabetes, seizures. Behavioral care. Immunization practices. Benefits to no copay. Public health code, families not missing work for appointments. See, they're, they're billing it as a convenience for the child. But of course, it would require parental consent and so on and so forth. Be careful what line you sign on if you attend these health clinics that are attached to K-12 schools. You'd better be real careful. Specialty services, it says, emergency services, parent involvement in care, and development in community advisory. It continues here. That was back on April 17th when they met that particular uh, board or committee or what have you. And then there were other topics that were discussed the very next day, and it continued and continued. Here are uh, a couple of slides that I want to read, really one in particular, frankly. Here are some of the community-perceived benefits of their HCH clinic at Oxford High School. And it is Oxford High School. My apologies. Okay, it says the following. 
Given the increasing prevalence of mental health issues in our society, having extra medical staff available to our students would be especially beneficial in providing proactive care when it is needed. You see, they need people to think they're mentally ill when they're not. They're just, they've just been lied to through the curriculum and everything else that they're doing. They're just being lied to. But you need, the mentally, you, you need them labeled as mentally ill because it's profitable. The next bullet point says, due to a chronic medical condition, my child sometimes needs to take rescue medication. They call it rescue medication. Uh, let's see. It says, after the medication is administered, they need to lie down and let it work, quote-unquote, with the goal of returning to class. The clinic would be an ideal place where they could do this. I assume they're referring to, again, diabetes and asthma and things of that nature. The next bullet point says, my child has a nut allergy. Ah, the old nut allergy. And I really like the idea of clinic practitioners with medical training in the school when they attend OHS. The next one says, I am much more comfortable with trained medical personnel administering medication. It has never seemed fair to me to ask our secretaries to dispense medications. Who does that? That's what school nurses are for. Secretaries giving pills out. Stop it. Does that happen? Is that a thing? They're even more negligent than I thought. Uh, continue to surprise me. The next one says, a clinic at OHS would be very convenient. Ah, convenience. That's right, because it's always sold to you as convenience, but it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It then says on the next slide, supporting student medical needs. Staff training for fragile students with medical needs like asthma, diabetes, and seizures. The Honor Health Clinic staff can provide these workshops, training, and services. Students with formal medical action plans. These plans are developed by school-based teams and necessary to manage our most fragile student medical conditions. And EMS has been called to Oxford Community School Buildings a total of 36 times this school year for minor medical issues, it says. How many of those are jab-related? It says 17 of these EMS calls have been from Oxford High School for minor medical issues. They just contradicted themselves. They said it's been sent to the school a total of 36 times in this past school year. So which is it? 36 or 17? It's a, you know, it's a big difference there. Here's the why. They say in the next slide, Oxford Community Schools Student Mental Health Services and Needs. Why? Community survey information. It says that the parents expressed that they were accessing supports and their top barriers included unsure of what they needed, financial cost, and wait lists were a problem. Now you can send your child to school to be indoctrinated and pumped with medicine. Good. It's not just the medicine they'll be, uh, they'll be pumped with, the ones that actually need it. It's the messaging. See, that's the real poison. The real poison is the constant messaging, the posters that will show up. Don't forget your, 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 uh, you know, your, your appointment. Don't forget to make an appointment. They'll trick these kids and these families into thinking that they have to make an appointment when they don't. 
Then here's the suicide piece, threat suicide assessment requiring third-party community evaluations. It says at least 10 students involved in threat assessments resulted in referrals for community mental health evaluations due to a suspected medium or high-level risk. It says at least 41 students involved in suicide assessments resulted in referrals for community mental health evaluations due to a suspected medium or high level of risk. And then their final one is co-located treatment services through Easter Seals at OHS and OMS, the middle school, by having one full-time clinician on site. There were some concerns that were brought up, uh, the location of the clinic, community service access, parent consent, pregnancy care, education, and family planning, vaccinations, and competition with community providers. Here's what it says. As far as the location concern, it says the previously proposed location in or near the 200 hallways is no longer being considered. So they found another place for it, I guess. Uh, It says there will be no community service provided or community access to the clinic. It's just for employees and students. It's an in-house doctor visit or nurse visit or uh, what's the term? Not medical practitioner, but physician's assistant. There it is. Uh, As far as parental consent is concerned, it says parent consent is required for all medical and dental services provided at the clinic. Pregnancy care, education, and family planning. There will be no reproductive services provided at the clinic specifically related to abortion and contraception. There doesn't have to be, but they have referrals. And that's what they'll hand out. They'll hand out referrals, flyers, pamphlets. The messaging, like I said, it's the messaging that's going to get poisonous. Vaccinations. It says no vaccinations will be provided at the clinic without parental consent, including child well check vaccinations or COVID vaccinations. Interesting word usage. So they're not saying they're not going to jab students. They're just saying we're not going to jab them unless you tell us we can't. They're going to kill them right there on the spot. Competition with community providers is the last one. It says a state expectation with funding is the, cl- is the clinic creates quote-unquote pathways to service in our local community, linking children and families to local providers and seen. There it is. They're telling you again that they are a in-house referral service for high school students. You want an abortion? Great. You can't get one here, but right over there is where you can get one. And let me give you a pamphlet and the phone number, and you can head on over there and have that child murdered. Oh, you want a COVID shot? Great. Just have your parents fill this out and bring it back, and we'll kill you right here on the spot. This is a trend. This is a trend to pay attention to. That's why Jesse sent this my way. He knows this is a trend. He's heard me bring this up on the show. The local high school here, they have a health clinic right outside the front door. It's on the same property. In fact, it's the closest thing to the road. You see the hospital before you see the high school. But this is the trend moving forward. 
integrating these clinics with these quote unquote medical professionals from the machine as close to your children as humanly possible because of the messaging. They want people to believe and Americans and all humans on earth, that we always need these clinics and these doctor's offices, and you can't do anything without us. But we're always there and we're always around. The messaging is the most poisonous thing about this, and it will persist. Guaranteed. So there you go. I told Jesse over text message, I said, they're going to vote for this. They'll all vote for it. They'll all say yes. And I said, and they'll probably say something like, you know, it's for the well-being and uh, we're being proactive and preventative and it's for the well-being of everybody, including the community. And he texted back and he's like, yep, that's exactly, you know, that's basically what they, what they said. They said that they're doing this because, again, they think that it's going to help everybody and they're, uh, they're just, this is the business that they're in now. This is the this is the entire education business now. Healthcare. Isn't it incredible? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Okay. Now this is an interesting segue. Speaking of the quote unquote pseudo healthcare education and of course jab related things. Here's a substack that was written by a Dr. William Mackis, MD. And it's worth reading. You've heard me read posts like this before. Uh, I'm going to rock through this relatively quickly. And it's well done. And this too is a trend. And this is something that is happening and has been happening since the start of the jab rollout. His, uh, let's see. Okay. It's titled, High School Died Suddenly, quote unquote, Epidemic of 15 to 19 year olds dropping dead in schools and dorms across USA and Canada in April of 2023. It says, quote, There truly seems to be an epidemic of sudden deaths in school across USA and Canada recently. Here's the most recent tragic cases. We have, first of all, from Jenna, Louisiana, and I put this particular story up on Gab the other day, the actual news report. Had a heart attack right in the middle of class, this person. 15-year-old Jenna High School student Cameron Shelton died in class at 11 a.m. on April 18th. So that's one. Suffered cardiac arrest on campus and passed away Tuesday. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Marquette University. 19-year-old Marquette University student Cameron Ray was found dead in residence on April 17th of 2023. And there you go. One of the, in fact, I came across this particular story on a search engine, and uh, the excuse that they used, of course, not jab related. They're never going to say that, but they uh, they, they claimed that it was uh, complications associated with his diabetes. He's not a heavy looking individual by any stretch. Um, there you go. Okay. Charlotte, North Carolina, 18-year-old Myers Park High School senior Baron Alexander Harris died early morning of April 16th, 2023. Athletic-looking dude. Let's see. Uh, 16-year-old high school student Encole Francois something something, sorry, clearly a Canadian school, 
I would assume. Student Samuel Russell Campbell died suddenly in school on April 14th of 2023. Again, they're dying in school, in front of everybody. It's unavoidable. I brought brought this up in 2021. I said, this is going to happen. It's going to happen in schools. It'll be unavoidable. It's continuing to happen. Mainstream media is just like, oops, a student died. Well, that's unfortunate. That never happens. It never happens. And they're dying of heart attacks and strokes, for God's sakes. What could it be? What could it possibly be? Tip City, Ohio, 17-year-old Tippecanoe High School student Carson Robbins died on April 14th after a brief illness, quote-unquote. Ithaca, New York, 19-year-old Cornell University student Matthew Friedman was found unresponsive in residence and died on April 12th of this year. Bethesda, Maryland, unnamed student at Walter Johnson High School passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly. Weird. On April 12th. Boise, Idaho, 17-year-old Timberline High School tennis player Justin Smith collapsed unexpectedly during tennis practice on April 10th, died at the ER hours later. Strange. Here's another one, Uh, Rice Lake, Wisconsin, six high school student deaths, six of them, posted on April 21st. My God in heaven. Let me read this post. I'm not sure what platform this is, maybe Facebook. It says, a statement from local struggling teen. Hi, I'm 15-year-old sophomore at at Rice Lake, I can speak, high school. To be honest, this year has been hard. It's taken people away from us, and as soon as we get back on our feet, another is taken. We have had six student deaths throughout our district. After every traumatizing moment, They hand the teachers a slip of paper to read off. It's always vague and never tells us how we are going to feel. Each time the school brings in counselors to help us get through our grief. But when the counselors leave, after just one day, nobody really gets through anything. They expect us kids to work through our grief and talk about it with our peers, parents, or trusted adults, unquote. No, the question you should ask, struggling teen, is they should say, wait a minute, why are all these people dying? What's the one thing that's happened recently, over the last couple of years now, that could possibly cause all these people to just drop dead? Hmm. Is any student standing up in class and saying it's jab-related? You see, you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to reiterate two major points. Number one, we need video of a student yelling in a classroom, saying that your fellow peers in school are dying because of the jabs. We need that audio. We need that video. Put that on Rumble, BitChute, Gab, Telegram. Get it out there. I'll move it around. Hell, call the show. Email me. I'll talk with you. You can say what's going on in your school. Do that. Do whatever you'd like. But that has to be out there. There's no way that counselors give these pieces of paper to these teachers to read regarding student deaths, and some student isn't going, it's jab-related, 
and just yelling that in the classroom. It has to be. They have to be they have to be saying that. The second thing is and this hasn't happened yet. I saw it once or twice and it was I believe at a city council meeting if I'm not mistaken. It could have been a school board meeting, but I think it was primarily city council. We have not seen yet this become a trend. I feel it's going to be eventually, but we're not we're not there yet. When parents and students start showing up to school board meetings to rail on school board members about pushing the jabs and the masks. And now they are either jab dead or they're jab injured or they know people who are. Clearly the dead can't speak at a school board meeting, but you get what I'm saying. We haven't seen that yet in mass. When that happens, and it will happen, when it happens, it will go viral, and you will know that we are at a new stage of the war where fingers are getting pointed publicly and heads and limbs will start to get ripped off in these board meetings. I guarantee it'll happen. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. But until that happens, we're not, we're not there yet. They wrapped up their article here, though. And he said, my take, quote, found dead in dorm or resident, cardiac arrest and died while at school, died after having migraine at school, died in early morning hours, died after brief illness, quote unquote, died during tennis practice at school. None of this is normal. All these deaths must be investigated for the possibility of post-COVID-19 mRNA vaccine sudden death, sudden cardiac death, rather or any role that the jabs may have played in these deaths, unquote. The most liked comment below this article says, not one of those beautiful promising young people should be dead and buried now. They had their whole lives ahead of them. They weren't ill or compromised in their health. They were murdered, unquote. Yep, pretty simple. And if anybody thinks that these school boards aren't going to be held accountable, and then there aren't going to be some really pissed off people standing in front of a microphone, letting them have it for what they suggested everybody do and coercing everybody to do and paying people to do. They have another thing coming. That's going to happen. That is a wave that is going to crash into the shore and blow apart their house of lies. It has to. It has to. Human behavior almost dictates that that occurs. And before I read into, actually, I will do that first, before I get into this uh, hot off the presses article about mask wearing, which again, shouldn't shock anybody. Uh, Let me read this very quickly. It says the following here, and there's an FDA document that is massive that, that proves this. But it says, quote, the coalition advocating for adequate, adequately labeled medicines or CALM, C-A-A-L-M, recently filed a petition requesting the FDA update product that the FDA rather update product labeling for the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines to better reflect their true safety and efficacy. Can't make any of that up. Here's how the FDA responded, and you can't make this up either. They're flat out telling you the shots don't work and they don't have to tell you otherwise. It says the FDA responded, quote, 
FDA authorization and licensure standards for vaccines do not require do not require demonstration of the prevention of infection or transmission. Similarly, a vaccine can meet the EUA emergency use authorization standard without any evidence that the vaccine prevents infection or transmission, unquote. They're telling you that they don't have to tell you that it doesn't cure anything, that it doesn't stop infection, doesn't stop transmission. They don't have to say any of it. They're rewriting their own criminality and trying to cover it up on a constant basis. Honest to God. But hey, let's get all those health clinics as close to those high schools as humanly possible. Am I right? Let's just work them on in there and make it as normal as possible. Okay, here's a hot off the presses article. This was bouncing around the other day. It's not really hot off the presses. It's April 9th, but it's this month. Uh, It is titled the following. This is going to be a shocker. Not really. Quote, Title, Possible Toxicity of Chronic Carbon Dioxide Exposure Associated with Face Mask Use, Particularly in Pregnant Women, Children, and Adolescents, a Scoping Review. Here comes the abstract. Here we go. Introduction. During the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, face masks have become one of the most important ubiquitous factors affecting human breathing. Yeah. Sure has. It increases the resistance and dead space volume, leading to a rebreathing of carbon dioxide, CO2. So far, this phenomenon and possible implications on early life has not been evaluated in depth. Method. As part of a scoping review, literature was systematically reviewed regarding carbon dioxide exposure and face mask use. Results. Fresh air has around 0.04% carbon dioxide. While wearing masks, more than five minutes bears a possible chronic exposure to carbon dioxide of 1.41% to 3.2% of the inhaled air. Although the buildup is usually within short term exposure limits, long term exceedances and consequences must be considered due to experimental data. U.S. naval toxicity experts set the exposure limits for submarines carrying a female crew of 0.8% carbon dioxide based on animal studies which indicated an increased risk for stillbirths. Additionally, mammals who were chronically exposed to 0.3% carbon dioxide, the experimental data demonstrate a teratogenicity, if I'm saying that right, probably not, with irreversible neuron damage in the offspring. Reduced spatial learning caused by brainstem neuron apoptosis, if I'm saying that right, and reduced circulating levels of the insulin-like growth factor. One, it says, with significant impact on three readout parameters. 
morphological, functional, and maker. This chronic 0.3% carbon dioxide exposure has to be defined as being toxic. Additional data exists on the exposure of chronic 0.3% carbon dioxide in adolescent mammals causing neuron destruction, which include less activity, increased anxiety, and impaired learning and memory. There is also data indicating testicular toxicity in adolescents at carbon dioxide inhalation concentrations above 0.5%. Discussion. There is a possible negative impact risk by imposing extended mask mandates, especially for vulnerable subgroups. Circumstantial evidence exists that extended mask use may be related to current observations of stillbirths and to reduced verbal motor and overall cognitive performance in children born during the pandemic. A need exists to reconsider mask mandates. Unquote. Yes. They were poisoning everyone from the start. They implemented a device to poison your children and staff members in American schools and every workplace that forced this to make them more dull, more prone to illness, damage their reproductive organs, because that's what a lack of oxygen does, increase the risks of cancer, because that's the definition of cancer and the number one cause of cancer is a lack of oxygen at the cellular level, and make them brain dead, in particular if they were to have children. Ladies and gentlemen, this is unforgivable. I've beat the horse to death. If they would have imposed something like this in 2019 or any year before, they would have been fired. School employees in particular. They would have all been fired. You had my kid do what? You made my kid do what? This is the proof right here. The proof has been out there since before the start. It was against all OSHA regulations. If what was going on inside of the mask, between the mask and the mouth and nose of any human being was being measured, and it was measured, they would have told the person, if that was going on in the room regarding carbon dioxide levels, they would have told them to leave the room and go outside. But it was happening between the mask and mouth and nose of the individual, and they simply yelled at everybody to keep the masks above their nose and to keep them on. They were poisoning children on purpose. The people at the top knew what was going on regarding the mask wearing. All that, all that poison mentality and stupidity filtered right down into the lap of an American K-12 child. I'm not going to forgive these people. I won't do it. These people don't belong around minors. They just, they just don't. There's no way around that. This article is damning. It's absolutely damning. 
This is another one that is going to go on the list. I'm putting it on right now. It's going on the giant list. And I'm going to put that giant list on my website at the conclusion of this episode. It will be under medical documents on AmericanEducationFM.com. Make sure and check it out there if you are interested. With that said, I will catch you on Friday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.